Well, hi guys. Uh, welcome to Kelsey Lebeau's uh, first audio during lockdown. Um, just in light of the feedback uh, we got from a number of people, um, they said it'd be just useful to have an audio version as well as uh, just the written devotions going out each week. Um, but before we get into that, uh, just want to say hi from Rory and uh, our family. We think of all of you very often and um, hope that everyone's doing well during these challenging times. Uh, just a few quick updates uh, which are written in the weekly email. Um, but I uh, just want to say, first of all, apologies very much for myself. It was my fault that uh, I wrongly referenced uh, Monica as uh, the writer last week for the devotions. It was actually Alistair Taylor. I think uh, just being tired and uh, receiving an email from Monica with Alistair's devotion, I just uh, automatically put Monica's name to it. Um, so thanks, Alistair, for your humour and uh, apologies for, for not honouring uh, your, your time from last week. But uh, thank you for the devotion. It was excellent. Um, just to share as well, uh, we're still sort of uh, reflecting and thinking through the feedback that's been given uh, from everyone and as well just evaluating uh, how we're doing uh, as a, a virtual church, so to speak. Um, so we met as, as a leadership team this weekend um, we're in Jerry's and uh, we're just starting to, to think, okay, if this is going to be going on uh, for a number of months or even a year or more, uh, how do we need to restructure the church uh, and adapt to, to the challenging environment that we're in? So lots of po- positives as well as uh, challenges facing us, um, but there'll be more information coming shortly. Um, I think one headline is we're working on getting uh, a weekly update uh, during the week that's a bit more informal, a bit more sort of fireside chat uh, friendly, uh, rather than sort of just an official uh, devotion stroke mini preach coming out um, from the various people to do that. So uh, details to come, but for now I just want to bash on uh, with uh, this week's devotion. Um, I think uh, for me, just to say uh, just sort of praying it through and thinking you know, what what's God saying right now would be of use to all of us um myself included and i i just really felt from from all the years that the most useful thing i've learned um really is is to take our thoughts captive and just realizing that if we don't do that it has a profound impact on our walk with god and just our our mental health um as well so that's that's very much the the focus uh for, for this week um I think one thing that I uncovered just in my research as sort of working on it was that uh, something from the National Science Foundation estimates that, that generally the human mind can have between 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And that's an average of 1,000 to 2,300 per hour if you're awake for 24 hours. So thinking that we might hopefully sleep at some point during those hours, that's even more thoughts um, per hour. I think what's... Um, Surprised me in some ways, in other ways it didn't, just because I've sort of been aware of this over the years, is that 80% of those thoughts that we have uh, are generally negative, and 95% of those thoughts are repetitive thoughts that we just keep revisiting throughout the day. Um, and that just really, it struck me really again, although they've been aware of that, um, just the, the critical importance that... Um, we're aware of this and that we're taking these thoughts captive. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, uh, that we should demolish, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to 
Christ. And um, I believe that during this time of crisis, uh, that learning this discipline is really, it's a non-negotiable thing. Um, and I wonder, you know, as I reflect on myself, but also for you, you know, are you aware of your thoughts? Have you been taking them captive recently? And I think it's just, it's so fundamental just generally in life anyway. And I think particularly during this time of crisis, you know, we have 24 seven news. Uh, you know, we know of any disaster in any part of the planet, pretty much, um, unless it's extremely remote, whether it's a plane crash, um, or obviously right now, the focus of, of the world media has been and continues to be on an unprecedented rate around the virus. I think it's made the front pages um, of most newspapers around the world almost every day. Um, and the, the, the challenge is so often, you know, good news, so to speak. Um, so news that editors like is, is negative news. That's what sells newspapers. That's what brings people to websites. Um, but really, it's just the sheer quantity of this information. And a recent study showed that, that most, most people are, are bombarded or impacted on average with the equivalent of, equivalent of 174 newspapers a day. And that's a 200-fold increase from just 24 years ago. Um, now, don't misunderstand me in, in, in making all these points. You know, I, I do love news, uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. My own father has uh, always modeled to me reading the papers and listening to, to BBC World News uh, daily. And um, I have a fond memory myself with my own father when we both briefly worked for the same organization called World Vision. And um, it was quite a large uh, set of offices in the, in the United Kingdom at the time. But uh, we often found ourselves having coffee break at the same time in, in a place called the media office, uh, where they used to buy the newspapers um, to keep an eye on what was happening in regards to just world events, but also for, for the organization itself in, in sort of national, international news. And uh, so we'd often be sat there with our coffee, uh, pouring over the papers, chatting about the news reflecting on it and it was just a great time for me uh, sort of father son just engaging my own father and him just teaching me <clears throat> how to you know how to read the news how to um do that as a christian how to pray before we we read a paper how to reflect on that afterwards um but to know as well that you know that uh, any sort of news story there's always two sides to every story um but at the same time the, the danger that it can, it can become all Consuming, and I have to really watch this. This is one of my Achilles heels: is that I could spend my entire day uh, analysing news, looking at political commentary, seeing where countries are at, etc., uh, etc. Et um, and I found that that you know when I start feeling depressed because that's you know the focus of the news and losing hope for the future, um, it's so often because it's not in line with God, what God is saying. Um, and so I, th I think it's so important during this time for all of us that we're making sure that we, we have time in our devotions, focusing on Christ, reflecting on his word, engaging with him, allowing the Holy Spirit to be upon us um, just, you know, just for the sake of the world. You know, we, we need more God more than ever. Um, so I, I just encourage you to make yourself increasingly conscious of your own thoughts um, and to really work out what you're focusing on. And I think no wonder the verse states, you know, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So not only do you become aware of those thoughts, but you have to make sure that they're in line with what the Bible says and what Christ says about the situation. Um, I heard a, a preacher once say this, which I thought was just so, so good. He said, I can't afford to have thoughts in my head about me that God does not have in his. So 
even just our own sense of value and who we are um, and any situation we come upon we've got to make sure that it's it's in line with God um, so with this current crisis dominating most conversations that we have with friends with family and being on every news channel that we can think of it's ever more challenging yet ever more critical and, and Beth and I to be honest you know the first couple of weeks into the sort of lockdown here in Uganda um, we, we made mistakes initially. It was very consuming. It was, it was a big crisis. Things were changing very quickly. Friends flying out of the country at the drop of a hat. Um, and so we, we realized that our own mental health was deteriorating quickly. And uh, one of the tools that we, we used was uh, to involve our family. So we said to Ruben and Savannah, you know, if you catch us outside these specific small times that we've set aside at the beginning and the end of the day um, to just see what's happening in the world, um, you can you can get extra pocket money, and so they loved it. Obviously, made them richer, made us poorer, um, and we were fine quite a lot early on. But um, it's actually worked really well. Um, so I suppose the question is, you know, what are the tools for you and your family, or if you don't have children, or you're not married at this stage, you know, how can you get friends to hold you accountable and make sure that um, you're not exposing yourself to too much news uh, at one time. So I'd also as well just to say it's a chance uh, for us all just to um, think about the friendship groups we're in. Um, I appreciate the present, you know, it's, it's virtual, you know, often it's phone conversations, it's WhatsApp, it's Zoom, Voom, Boom, as I was sort of joking with my family. Whatever system you use to stay in touch with friends and family, either here in Uganda or further afield, um, I would say you've got, to, you've got to protect those communication channels. So I think one of the things I've, I've noticed being part of WhatsApp, um, being one of the, the many channels I use, is I get added to various groups, even if I don't ask. Um, or I've noticed some of these groups heading towards quite a negative sort of direction. Uh, I've either extracted myself out of those, um, or I just mute them and uh, put them on mute for a month. Some of them I put on a mute for a year. It's <laughs> because so some of them, I, you know, you need to be part of some of these groups. But I think just being aware of what's influencing you, what's overshadowing you, um, because that will impact you. So yes, we do need to engage with the world. We do need to engage with our non-Christian friends and, and others. Um, but we've got to make sure that we're not, not being overwhelmed or filled with pessimism. pessimism. And as Proverbs says in, in twelve twenty six, it says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So a good chance just to, to reflect on that. And I know very well I could, I could sit down with anyone right now and, and just let you know, the friends over the years that, that give me life, that encourage me, um, that um, challenge me. And when I walk away from having a coffee with them uh, when things are normal or just chatting on Zoom, boom, boom, whatever it is, um, that uh, I walk away having a, a Christ view on the world or just being filled with a sense of joy. Um, that at the same time, engage with other people, you know, that, that uh, are in more difficult places. But I just make sure that ratio of either investing or being mutually invested in is is in a healthy healthy place um so what about you you know which which friends encourage you in your walk with god in day-to-day life um what's the first thing that you do in the morning do you turn on the news do you play as a worship song do you pray do you get busy doing something else um are there any sort of whatsapp or email groups you're part of that you might need to mute so just to be consciously uh, weary of uh, are you conscious right now of your own thoughts? Um, and one challenge I've got for, for all of us this coming week is to spend some time just sitting down and writing down some, some of the negative thoughts we might be 
having at the moment or any lies that we're believing. And once you've listed those down, then you need to ask God um, to give you a, a truth for that lie. Okay, so a lie might be, you know, there's, 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 no, there's no hope at the moment. And if you look through scripture, you can quickly find that, you know, that's not the truth. The truth, that, for example, in Proverbs 23, 18 says, Surely there is a future and your hope, your hope will not be cut off. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. So confess the lie that, you know, you're believing. Ask God to replace it with the truth. Meditate on that truth during your quiet times. And you'll probably have to revisit that a few times to make sure that you embed that into your life. But anyway, guys, that's enough uh, for, for this week and, and uh, for um, the devotion. I hope that encourages you. I can't st- uh, state enough just how important it is that you do um, ensure that you're aware of your own thoughts and, and you cultivate them and you make sure that they're obedient to Christ. But take care. Stay strong. Um, God's a good God. There is hope for the future. There are better days ahead and there's lots of good coming out from this present situation as well. God bless. See you soon.